with you guys this morning. 9.30 service. I am glad I got this service because it is the best service. I just first and foremost want to thank and honor Pastor Rob and Pastor Becca. I'm so thankful for this opportunity on Home Team Weekend to be up here with you guys. Can we give it up for them really quick? And then also at the Apple Valley campus, we are blessed with amazing campus pastors as our leaders here. So can we we honor Pastor Kirk and Kaylee? I'm just thankful to be on this team with them. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Lulu. I'm one of the youth pastors here at the Apple Valley campus, along with Pastors Anthony and Hannah. Pastor Anthony's on a global team right now, but we oversee everyone from the ages of 12 to 18. So pray for us. Keep us in your prayers. And all those teenagers on the weekends, so we have services on Wednesday nights. And so we do that. And so I, I, I was born and raised in the Minnesota area. I'm from the area. I haven't moved out of Minnesota. I love the Minnesota area. Um, and I am so blessed to be here this morning. I've been at River Valley Church now for four years. I've been on staff for eight months at Apple Valley Campus, then two years about total. And so it's been a long time, but I'm excited to be kicking off this Kingdom Culture series. Pastor Rob did the first two messages and they've been amazing. They've been so heartfelt. Just about the first week was on how to be a passionate Christ follower. And then just last week we talked about loving like Christ. And those were challenging messages. And I'm excited to dive into the word this morning on what I believe is the heart of our Savior, which is about servanthood. So if you will, turn with me to Luke 22, 24 through 27. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. You want to turn with me there? I spent my first 4th of July in the Apple Valley Lakeville area, and I loved it. It was so much fun. But what I, my one takeaway is that you guys love your fireworks. Love them. Like every single family was doing their own personal fireworks show. It was crazy, but it was also amazing. So Luke 22, 24 through 27, it says, Then they began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. Jesus told them, in this world, the kings and great men lord it over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here, for I am among you as one who serves." For the next few moments, I want to talk to you guys about a message that God laid on my heart titled, The Cart of Greatness. So if you're taking notes, you can write that down with me. I'm going to pray that we can get into it. Jesus, I just thank you, God, just for who you are. God, that you're in this room with us right now. God, I pray for everyone, God, that you would soften hearts. God, that you would open minds the message that you put on my heart this morning. God, I pray that it be not by my might, God, but by your Holy Spirit this morning. Jesus, would you speak to us? In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, I told you guys I'm a youth pastor, and something that I am so blessed that I get to be around students is that they keep me relevant. They keep me up to date on what's going on. They keep me, they tell me all the latest things, and lately I've been hearing the word goat a lot. Not like farm animals goat, but I mean the greatest of all time. And so I've been wrestling with that word, and the first thing that I think of when I think of the greatest of all time in my head is LeBron James. Any basketball fans in here? Anyone? (laughs) I think of LeBron James because he has all these things under his belt. He has three NBA championships. I'm going to back this up. Four MVP Most Valuable Player Awards, three NBA Finals Most Valuable Players Awards, and two Olympic gold medals. He's appeared in 15 All-Star games, and he's been named the NBA All-Star three times. And I tell you this to illustrate the point that 
we've always wanted to be great. It's something that's wired deep down within us to be great. It's not something new because think about it this way. If you, want, if you start something new, you, you want to be the best at it. You don't just want to kind of go after it, but you want to be great at it. I want to be first. I'm, 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 one of my strengths finders is achiever. So I want to really go after it. I want to be the best I can possibly be. You know, I was... I bought a new car this year and, and something that I was, I set myself a budget, but within that, I wanted to buy, do the best possible that I could possibly do. You know, you hear a lot about bronze medals and silver medals, but the one we remember is the gold. You know, the saying, go for the gold is ingrained in us. So us as humans, we want to be the best. You're told in school to get the best grades possible. So you can go to a great college, have a great grade, have a great life, go to a great school and get a great job. We all want to be great, but I, I truly believe that the way that the world has it is backwards, but the way that Jesus sets it out is what is to be modeled. In Acts 17, 6, it says, and when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city's authority, shouting, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Let me tell you something, that Jesus always flips the switch. Jesus always turns things around. He always does the opposite of what society expects him to do. So if you think about it this way, we all want to have dinner with our friends, our family, all these different things. But what I've learned is that in the Bible, if you read countless times, Jesus has dinners with not only his friends, but with sinners. He invites the people around him. He invites people the prostitutes, the sinners, the people that are gambling, people that you wouldn't normally invite to a dinner, but Jesus welcomes them in. He wants to do life with these people. He touches the untouchable. They say, don't touch these people with leprosy, but Jesus lays hands on them and heals them. He does the opposite of what society. I mean, the way that he came into this world, he was born in a manger. That's not how people expected our Messiah to come into the world. Not in a manger. He turned the world upside down, have come here also. And I love that because it illustrates perfectly what our walk with God looks like. I listen to a lot of music because I live 35 minutes away from here, so I drive a long way. So I'm always listening to music when I'm driving. And the song came on by Hillsong. It's called Touch the Sky. And it talks about in order to touch heaven, that's what it means by touch the sky, you're going to have to get on your knees. In order to touch the sky, you're going to have to humble yourself so he can be exalted. And in, in order to be first in the kingdom of God, you're going to actually have to be last. In order to have more, you're going to have to give things away. And I'm challenged by that because in the way to be great is to be a servant. And I think it's modeled so great in the Bible time and time again because serving, it's not about wanting to fill slots. It's not about us wanting to say, oh, we're really low on greeters, we're really low on ushers this morning, but serving is a posture of your heart. It's about what goes on inside of you. When you make a change, you make an inward decision to say, I'm going to serve Jesus above my own calendar, above my own time, and what my schedule may allow. That's how you become great. Serving actually makes us more Christ-like. And so as Christ followers, what we want to do every single day is to be more like Jesus and honestly, less like ourselves. You know, serving is a small death to our comfort. It's a small death to our plans. You know, and I was thinking this morning as I was getting up, there's people in this room that were serving, that waved to you on the way in, coffee that you guys drank, who probably gave up their 4th of July plans to come home early to serve. They had to tell their family members, I'm sorry I can't stay late because I have to go serve at church tomorrow morning. And I love that because... 
no matter what, to do something for others, you're always, almost always going to have to give something up for yourself. Because usually when you're doing something for others, it puts value on them and less value on yourself. Serving others and putting others before yourself takes an inward model and an inward pointing to say, Jesus, I'm putting you first. I'm putting that person above everything. Because we're only going to serve others to the same level when we have the revelation that Jesus has first served us. I'm going to say that again. We will only serve others with the same humility and wisdom to the level as Jesus has served us. And I love that because if you don't know what Jesus has done for us, you're not going to want to serve. If you don't know that the ultimate servant of all have served us in the greatest way by coming from heaven to earth, then you're not going to want to serve others. Matthew 16, 24 through 26, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? See, that's the premise of what we've been talking about with this entire series, is about denying ourselves in taking up our cross and following Jesus. See, because when you deny yourself, you're denying something. Maybe you're denying, you know, sleeping in and having breakfast in bed with your family. Or maybe you're denying yourself by the fact that you, you, need, to, you need to come to church instead of doing something else. Because in life, you're going to have a lot of options. But at the same time, almost everything in life that has value is going to have a cost associated with it. A lot of the times people celebrate, oh, this is amazing that I'm here in church, but there's always a cost associated with it. So when you know that the cost is associated with the cross, then it all becomes real. We're all called to be in this world, but not of this world. And sometimes that looks a little bit different. It might, it might have people looking at you like, oh, you look different today. Or maybe you're walking into your workplace as a light in the darkness, but that's the, the, the light we're supposed to shine. First John 2, 15 through 17 illustrates this perfectly. It says, do not love the world's ways. Do not love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from him. The world and all of its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. What differentiates ourselves from other people is to be in the world but not of the world. You may be doing the same thing as your friends or your family, but it, it involves our ability and willingness to sacrifice what we want for the things that Jesus wants. It's what sets us apart putting our faith in Jesus over our feelings of what might, what might be on earth. Putting our faith in the cross and what the cross has done for us instead of our feelings, you know, maybe I don't want to do this. Sometimes we might not feel like doing something. You might not feel like waking up in the morning and coming to church early. But whenever I think about something that I don't want to do, I think about that Jesus didn't want to die on the cross. On the night before he was killed, it said, Father, if there's any other way, let's do it. 
And when you carry that weight, there's always going to be something that you're going to have to give up. Anybody can be great because anybody can serve. That's a quote by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I always remember that around February when uh, Martin Luther King Jr. is, Junior Day is. It says, anybody can be great because anybody can serve. And when you have that revelation that we're not here on this earth for ourselves, but we're here on this earth to serve other people. When you catch that revelation, it turns everything upside down, like it said in that scripture before. And if you're walking around in this room and you're doing everything for yourself, it's heavy. And when Jesus died on the cross, he said, give me everything. Lay it down at the foot of the cross. And when you, when you live with that motto that I am not living in this life for me, but I'm living to honor Jesus with every single thing that I do, it changes everything. The heart of greatness is found in serving. See, when I, when I was 16 years old, I was not like a lot of 16-year-olds. I actually didn't want to get my license. I was really fearful of driving. And I got my permit when I was 15. In Minnesota, it's, you take a written test first, and then you take your driver's test. And when I actually did that, um, I, took, I passed the written test, and then I, came, I went to take the driver's test, and I had never driven a car before. Like, I was like, I got my written test. I was like, you know what? I'll just try this. I really want freedom. Like, this, this won't be that bad, right? It was really bad. <laughs> I didn't pass the first time. And then the second time when I went into it, I was like, Dad, I need you to give me driving lessons. My dad is a very patient man. He's very kind. And so I was driving the car, and I was trying to adjust everything. I was, everything was, I could see everything at slow motion. And he was like, okay, you got to just, adjust your mirrors, adjust everything around you, you're going to be fine. And I just remember in that moment, just a wave of anxiety coming over me that I'd never had before. Just because I was thinking about what I was doing. Like, am I doing everything right? Do I have everything in place? Is everything good? And I remember my dad, like, he doesn't really yell. He was like, Lulu, you're not driving for you. You're driving for everyone else around you. And in that moment, it just took me here. In this moment where we're not doing this life for ourselves. We're doing this for every single person around us. The person who you walked in, that you walked right past, the, the people that you're walking by every single day, the people that are in our way while we're on our way to the next place, we're doing this life for them. And what does it mean to say, I'm gonna serve them above myself, means to give up something. I was listening, I was reading this book and I was talking about sir, Jesus was the first and only servant king. Because how often do we hear the word Servant, separate from the word king. Kings have servants, but there is no such thing as a servant king. And it, and it took me back because Jesus is the only servant king who actually came to serve us. He came to serve. He, he was seated on the right hand of God, seated on the highest throne in heaven, and came to serve the least of us. Because when you have that revelation that he came to save us, it takes everything to a whole nother level. You know, it was the ultimate act of sacrifice. It was the ultimate act of sacrifice, thinking that he was, he was the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and he came down for you and for me. He was wrapped in humanity, all God and all man. When I think of servanthood, I think of that ultimate act 2,000 years ago. The fact that 2,000 years ago when Jesus was sent to earth, God didn't choose to send some cloud. 
He didn't choose to send a giant or anything like that, but he, cho- he chose to send his one and only beloved son, Jesus, who came to save every single person. He was wrapped in humanity. And when I think about that, it, t- it brings everything to right here and right now because he was wrapped in humanity so he could look at us eye to eye. He was a human. He felt the feelings that we felt. He was a human, so he felt the hurt that we felt, the longing that we, felt, that we feel right now. He came for a relationship with all of us. When I think about being a servant, I think about my own life. Like I started attending the Minneapolis campus about four years ago, and I just walked in, and I didn't really know anyone. I didn't really know anyone, but I was like, you know what? The best thing for me to probably to do is to serve on a life team and to serve in a place and find my, that's how I'm gonna meet people. I was really expectant when I walked in the doors actually, that I, I wanted, I was like, I was waiting for someone to invite me to join a life group, to invite me to join a life team, something like that. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna serve. And so I started serving on the cafe team, I started serving on the Welcome Center team. And I think the biggest thing that I got from that was the fact that I felt like I was doing something. I felt like I was a part of the house that I was attending. I felt like I was making a dent in what I was doing versus just being a consumer. I was actually producing. And so when I, was at, when I was at the Welcome Center, I remember I was able to talk to people and I was able to you know, answer questions, like the smallest things when you're walking into church maybe for the first time. I had the exact same questions. And so I was able to answer those questions for people and be that for, for different people along the way. And I think that a lot of the times we overestimate ourselves and underestimate the power of God. And the fact that he can speak through you even if you put on a lanyard and you're going through the motions. Something that I, that I learned when I was serving is the fact that I'm putting other people's needs above myself. I have to go to bed early on a Saturday night in order to wake up early on a Sunday morning. And those are the things you learn when you put other people's needs above yourself. And a perfect example is serve day. We have serve day on July 13th, literally next week. We didn't plan that out, I promise. <laughs> but it's just the servanthood message is perfect because it's in line with that. And so that's a, that's a way to get out in the community. And I, as P- Pastor Tisana said before, it's a way to serve people outside the four walls of this church. I think we underestimate the power that we're not just serving people in here, but we're serving people out there too. We're not asking anything of them. We're not giving to get anything, but instead we're just serving them because we have a revelation of what Jesus has done for every single one of us and the power and just the love that he carries. I love the fact that, you know, we're in this church service and we're able to, you know, be with each other and talk to each other and interact with each other. Um, if you want to bow your heads and close your eyes, I'm going to give an opportunity for anyone in this room who's never made Jesus their personal Lord and Savior. I talked about it before, but Jesus was the first and only servant king. And in order to have a servant king, you must be a servant to him and accept him into your heart. And so maybe right now in this moment, you walked in here and you, you Maybe a friend dragged you with or a family member dragged you with them. But right now in this moment, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I'm going to count to three. And if you want to slip your hand in the air, or maybe you've been coming to church your entire life. But this message is just hitting you a little bit differently. Your heart is pounding a little bit harder right now. You can also raise your hand and we're going to pray for you as a part of this. One, Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Two, if you're ready for something new, God, 
You are brand new. Nothing from your past can hold you back. If you're ready for something new, you can slip your hand in the air. I'm going to wait a little bit longer. Yes, I see your hand. Yes. In the back. Yes. Yes. If you want to, if you want to repeat this prayer after me, everyone who raised their hand and everyone in the room just in solidarity, dear Jesus, I know that I have sinned. I know that I have fallen short. But today I receive your gift the free gift of salvation. Jesus, you are my Lord and you are my Savior. And today I choose to follow you. Amen and amen. Can we stand to our feet and celebrate? There are some hands that went up in this place. The prayer teams can go ahead and make their way forward. If you made that decision to to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. We have, we have this Now What book for you. Everyone at the prayer team is gonna have them as well as at the Info and Resource Center. We just wanna equip you on your new walk with Jesus. Um, we, next service, we have Pastor Connor preaching. So be sure to stick around. And on a Monday, we have Pastor Sana bringing the word. But yes, have a great week serving the Lord. It was an amazing morning.